That was, that was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Taylor. And thank you for the decades in which you poured into our, our children and you taught them and renewed their minds in, in music and what you taught them and gave to them. So on behalf of our community, we give you, we thankful for, for you. And uh, what a great, great prayer for every time that we come to God's word. Just fix me. <laughs> fix me, Jesus. Um, change me the way you want to change me. Because that's the only thing that uh, really is, uh, is of, of value. Uh, so my, my name is uh, Drew Smith. Uh, I get to be the, the pastor here at College Hill Presbyterian. Welcome those uh, also those that are here and those that are online. Um, I a uh, little quick little story. Friday, uh, Kathy, my wife, and I were at College Hill Coffee. You know, which is just on the uh, just down Hamilton, the corner of North Bend, and you know it's closing. Their 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 the current owner is retiring. And uh, she sold it to the, the new owner. Oh, that's exciting. That's good stuff. But uh, even better, you know, so that means she's having a going out of business sale, a real one. Not like some of the ones you see at other places where they're going out of business, but they're just moving down the street. You know, she's really getting rid of stuff. Great, great deal. A lot of stuff, 50% off. And she, uh, Tina, the, the owner, told me, said, you know, tell everybody, you know, one o'clock, one o'clock on Sunday, you know, all the merchandise is going. So if you're into that, you like the kind of deal, you like coffee or tea or other little knickknacks, then you've heard the good news and you can go and take care of that. Now, that that wasn't that difficult or challenging for me to share that good news with you, was it? Yeah, it's something I'd experienced. It was good. And now I just wanted to share it with y'all. Might have been a little weird. You might have been saying it's an odd way to start a sermon. But that's what we're going to find out today. Jesus calls us to do. He says, hey, what I'm calling you to be on this team and this team focuses on me. And then when what you experience with me now, you you go share with others. That that that's what Jesus wants us to do. Uh, as we'll see in our, our passage today, Matthew chapter 4 and Matthew 28. So the, the beginning of his teaching and the end of his teaching. So what Jesus says, hey, this is what I'm wanting you to do. And, and it's, it's even better news than greeting cards for 50 cents. Uh, yes, what they might be by 1 o'clock. <laughs> better news than that. And yet, there's just some... Odd, weird things to talk, to think about, isn't it? To, when you say, yeah, let's just share what Jesus has done with us, with others. You know, that, that sort of goes, whoa, wait a minute, I get a little uncomfortable do, doing that. And today, we'll look at, well, here's what Jesus says. Here, here's the things you, we need to do so that it is a natural, supernatural part of our lives that it's a part of our conversations with others that just like when, if we go to a movie, we go to a good restaurant, we, we read a good book, that we tell others, well, when we have found Jesus impacts our lives, then we look for ways simply to share that with others. So, um, Matthew chapter 4, verse 17 through 22, and then a familiar passage to many, Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Let's uh, pray together. Almighty God, uh, we do pray that you will fix us. You'll continue to repair us, to renew us, to refresh us. You will 
set us right on our eternal trajectory to be with you forever. So do that in us now. Every one of us, young, old, in between, do that work in us. Thank you for your word that speaks to us. Now, continue to speak to our our souls. May your spirit speak to us individually and to us as a community. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Matthew 4, starting with verse 17 through verse 22. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately, they left their boat and their father and followed him. And then at the end, the very last The last four verses of the Gospel of Matthew. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. First thing that I want you to to see here is that, that Jesus sharing good news. Sharing good news is a team game. It's something that we do together. It's a, a team game where we're focused on Jesus. We're, we, we're joining a team and we're, and we're joining with others to do this. It's not a, a lone ranger kind of, kind of deal. The, uh, I think that's part of the reason that Jesus first calling of people is he calls brothers. He, he calls people that already come in pairs. Because he's saying, you know, this is for us to do together. And, and then, then he says, um, and I'm gonna make you fishers of men. Now, we'll talk a little bit about that um, uh, later also, but one of the things is that fishing in the first century was a team game. We think of fishing today as very, can be very individual. You know, you just get your pole, you get your bait, and you go hang out next to the, in your boat on the shore and enjoy just the moment all by yourself. You didn't fish like that in Jesus' day. It, it, you had to go out in a boat with a number of people and you threw nets out. And you cast the net and it always took at least two people, sometimes even more, to bring the net in. So it's a team game that we do together. And that team game that has a common invitation that Jesus makes to anyone that he comes to. The most common invitation that Jesus makes, follow me. Come follow me. That we, sharing the good news is a team game in which we are focused on Jesus. Which, which means that we don't, our, our first priority is not to go share him, it's to be with him. 
It's to be changed by Him. It's to experience Him. It's to be transformed by Him. So that we're, we're just simply sharing our story with others. That's why this Lenten season, I mentioned it on Ash Wednesday, invite everyone just to read through the Gospel of Matthew. One chapter a day for five days a week. And by the time we get to Easter, you will be finished with it. And if you want... You need a, you need a way to check those off. You like checking those off and you want a few questions that you can ask. You can grab one of these on your way out or I trust you that you can count to 28 and that you can do that, you know, each day a week. But you need some help and some questions that are good. They're right with you. But just a way for us as a, as a group, you know, like, well, let's hang out with Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew this Lenten season. It's also why we, we, uh, institute growth groups again, or we, we publicize them, we promote them again. They, they've been, a number of groups have been meeting, but we invite everybody to be a part of a small group that gathers around the, the text, the Bible that we preach about on Sunday. So sometime during the week, then you're talking about that. And how does that apply? You're helping each other. I mean, it, like I said, it's a team. We need one another to be discussing. And, and you know, the, the stories that come out of growth groups over and over again. You know, we've told them, you only need to meet for these weeks. And some of them say, no, we got to keep meeting. That's a rare thing, you know, in, 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 in volunteering in church world that you say, well, no, you only need to do this for six weeks. And then people say, no, we got to keep going. And again, uh, uh, the, uh, but it's because we're this reality that following Jesus is requires a community to do it together can't do it on our own again and we saw this we saw something similar this you know recently in wilmore kentucky you know asbury uh, university and asbury seminary some of you guys may have heard you know there was what they call a revival uh, what, what happened was and this 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 happens uh, um uh every uh, several decades at asbury where they have a chapel service that just keeps going yeah, and that's one Wednesday at a chapel service. And you, I read an article and the guy that preached thought he really sort of laid an egg with a sermon. Just did, went home and said, oh, I really wasn't good. He had no idea what had happened um, afterwards. But so he went home and then but some folks just came and to the front and they gathered. They prayed for each other. They kept singing and just kept going day after day after day. And then these days with social media, man, it gets out there in a hurry. And before you know it, poor little Wilmore, Kentucky had 3,000 people descending upon this little village and didn't know what to do with them. So the, the university folks, they, they were like, right, how do we guide to this? How do we direct to this? And so they, you know, they continued to let it go. They, they put some directives around it, wanted to be sure about safety. And they kept their eye on people who wanted to use it for their platform. Because that happened. You get folks uh, who have a ministry or other, they serve in other capacities and they put it on social media. Hey, I'm going down to Asbury, you know, be praying for me and, you know, sign it, let their name and their ministry or whatever company they're with be on uh, social media platforms. And they had a close eye to be sure they didn't then take the microphone and use that for some 
for their own deal, instead of following how the Spirit was leading this particular gathering in a way really of healing. It wasn't prophecy. It was healing. It wasn't one of of strong proclamation. It was really gentle sharing. And they maintained. They had to... Some people, they they prayed too aggressively, and so they had to ask them to leave. Other people got up promoting their thing, and they said, you know, that's not what we think the Spirit's doing here. And then they told some stories of a couple folks. One was a very famous Christian musician, a Christian artist, who at least students at Asbury would know this person's name. And um, she went to it, but didn't tell, didn't put it on Facebook, didn't tell anybody that she was going, just walked in, sat in the crowd, Sang, prayed, came forward, folks prayed for her. She left. The folks who prayed for her probably never knew who she was. Uh, another a leader in a, in a denomination, uh, a national, international denomination, did the same thing. Lived close there, went, never told anybody they were there, didn't put it on social media, and, and then left. And the leaders of the event said, you know, those are the, the kind of stories we... That they're beautiful from this gathering because in this setting, there's no celebrity but Jesus. See, we're on a team game where we have one celebrity and it's Jesus. It's not me. It's not you. It's not whoever else we follow and like. The celebrity we follow is Jesus. And we, we want to point folks to him. Right. Uh, the other thing that we see is that Jesus, you know, this is a team game where we're focused on Jesus. And what Jesus tells us here, what Jesus wants us to do is invite others to join the team. You know, again, at the end, his final statement to the church at the end of Matthew, Matthew 28, he goes, I want you to go as you're going out there. You make disciples by baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And baptism is initiating them into the faith. They're joining the faith. Folks that are outside the faith coming in. I want you inviting them and welcoming them into the faith. That's that is what his command to us. Follow me, he tells at the very beginning, follow me and I'll make you fishers of people. Follow Jesus and he'll make us into living invitations to join the team as we follow him. Again, it's something that we do together. Fishing in that day, we fish together. We cast nets wide to fish together. It's why as a, as a church, we, we do things like we had the Christmas party. And we invite, we encourage everybody that's a part of the church, hey, take, invite folks to this Christmas party. Yeah, we're gonna sing karaoke. We're, we're, we're gonna eat together. We're gonna sing some carols. We're, we're gonna do Christmas trivia. But, so that folks outside the church can come and participate. So one of the ways we're casting, we'll, we'll do it with the Easter egg hunt. The, the Saturday before Easter. We'll have it here and we'll have a magic show and we'll have games and food and we'll say, hey, invite folks to come. This is a, a way of casting. And that's why we do Alpha a couple times a year. You know, it's why we do a lot of other ministries like WizKids and Genius University and say, because folks will come for tutoring. Folks will come to learn ballet. And, and we also, we're unapologetic about it and we're clear. I mean, it's, we call the ballet Jesus University. So, but it's clear. But yeah, we want you to learn and grow. But we want to also invite you to come to know Jesus. 
So we're, these are different ways that we're casting the net wide in, in order to invite others to join the team. Now, I encourage you in your growth groups, be actively thinking, who are people I can invite to my growth group? You know, you, you might know folks that would be interested in engaging with other followers of Jesus to look at the Bible and explore what it means in our lives. So it's just, it's a way that is a change in our thinking that are Jesus' commands since the beginning. It's what Jesus wanted. But we, it's so easy to make the growth group my growth group instead of Jesus. To make it my church instead of Jesus' church. To make it my Easter egg hunt instead of Jesus' Easter egg hunt. And so we we want that there's the ways that we cast the net, that we invite others to come participate. Now, some of you, some of you, and this is good if you had this thought, you're like, I don't know that I like this fishing metaphor that much. Seems a little forceful if you think about it. You know, I mean, fishing today, you know, a, a hook and somebody's mouth that sticks through there and you hold them where they don't want to go. That's not what we want to do. That, and that's not the metaphor. He's not using that metaphor, you know, or, okay, well, a net that just pulls a bunch of people together, um, like a mosh pit, um, into it. And that's not, that's not what he's about. But what Jesus is using the language of Peter and Andrew and James and John. They, they were fishermen. You know, they, that's what they lived and breathed. It was their livelihood. It was in their bones. It, it was, it, it was, it, it cursed, it cut, it went through their veins. Um, uh, that, that's what they were about and knew. And see, that's what Jesus does. Is he uses language that connects to you and me. He's got a different language for you than he does for me. But what he's, he's showing there is that th- this... I- I'm going to engage with you at, at the very center of what is at the center of your life. That this is not a hobby but a way of life. Being a follower of Jesus is not a hobby. It is a way of life. Being a, a, a part of this team and inviting others is not a hobby. It's a way of life. See, Peter and, and James and John and Andrew, they, they knew that fishing was what was necessary for their life, for them to be able to eat. And, and this is more important even the net. So uh, the the other thing about this is, is in this is that this is we're part of this team and we're sharing. And that means that there are as many ways to invite others, to tell others uh, the good news about Jesus, how Jesus has impacted your life as there are people. You're not going to be in relationships and share with with uh, invite folks to know Jesus um, like I do. You know, and, and I'm not going to do it like you. you know, G- Jesus comes and engages with you, who you are, and the color of your eyes, the, the size of body that you have, the, the family background that you have, the interests and the preferences that you have. Who you have is who Jesus engages with. And, and Jesus and the power of the Spirit, He empowers you and brings you along. And through you and the way that you engage with others, wants you to become fisher of people. So I sent out an uh, uh, email this week to, some, to elders and deacons and said, hey, any of you guys, just 
simple way that you've engaged with people. You know, about outside the church, about Jesus. It doesn't, you don't have to, you don't, I don't, I don't want actually somebody that finished the deal necessarily. I just want a natural way that as you were going, you know, that's another thing. Matthew 28, the, the Great Commission, you know, it says go and make disciples. Well, the command in that passage is make disciples. The going actually is a participle. Sort of as you are going, make disciples. Where you're going, how you're going, wherever you are, then make disciples that way. So I asked folks, so, you know, it's just as you're going, as you're doing your life, whatever was necessary, you know, what was the situation where you just became an opportunity for you to invite others to con- consider Jesus or to um, maybe invite him to pray or invite him um, to pray with you, whatever it might have, whatever it might have been. A way to engage with others around Jesus. So, got a couple folks that are willing to share. First, I want to pay them a dollar to come for it and just share her simple story. Thank you, Pam. Yep. Is this work? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if you don't mind, I'm already last going to just read this because it'll go better for all of us if I do. <laughs> uh, so one day, I was in the parking lot out there uh, doing some gardening and as I was there, I try to make it my habit when I'm out there to greet people as they go by because I feel like part of my reason for being out there is to garden, but the bigger part of it is to be available for whatever God might bring. So um, this man came by walking his bike, and I greeted him, and uh, we began to talk, and he told me that he lived down in Northside, and he had ridden his bike up that steep Hamilton Avenue hill, uh, he was on his way to work just across the parking lot here. So um, he looked pretty tired. <laughs> um, and as we chatted, I started to get this feeling of how beloved of God he was. Just a sense of his belovedness. And for me, I personally find it easier to pray for someone, to ask them if I can pray for them, than I do to launch into a gospel presentation so I asked him if I could pray for him, and he allowed me to put his hand on his, my hand on his arm, and as I prayed for his heart for him, I prayed for him as one whom God sees, and as one whom the Father knows. Wow, I didn't think I'd get teary. <laughs> <laughs> and as one whom God loves. And as one whom, for whom Jesus died. And so I finished my prayer, and when I opened my eyes afterwards, he was crying. The tears just gently falling. And we took a moment, and then he went on his way. That's all there was to it, and I went back to my gardening. So technically, I didn't talk to him about Jesus. But I felt as though I prayed the gospel over him. And I felt as though the Holy Spirit clearly touched him. I didn't seal the deal, but I did sense that we were finished for the moment. And I was content to trust that God would continue to lead this son home. Thanks. Thanks, Pam. All right, and then uh, one one more. Chandra, you come up and share. 
Um, I've been going through a big thing. A lot of you may know that in uh, January with my health, I had a stent put in my heart. And it was, uh, everything went well. But I also have a problem with nosebleeds that I have to have cauterized every so often. So if any of you has ever had anything done in your heart, you know they put you on blood thinners. Well, it didn't agree with my nose. I started having these nosebleeds every day starting the 4th of February, three to six times a day. I'd go to bed with a nosebleed. I'd wake up with a nosebleed. I'd call my cardiologist about my medication. She'd check it, go, we can't get you off of it. She'd send me to the ENT. The ENT cauterized my nose on February 3rd. I went home. That night, my nose started bleeding again. So it was one of these functions where every day I couldn't get no sleep since February 4th, up with the nosebleed, down with the nosebleed. This doctor, that doctor, the hospital. I went to the hospital three times. They sent me there because my nose was bleeding anywhere from 23 minutes to three and a half hours. So the last time was the 17th on a Friday. Last Friday, I went to the hospital emergency room Sat there 11 hours waiting to be seen. I get in. The doctors are running x-rays, blood work, da-da-da-da-da-da. They couldn't figure out what to do with me. So this young doctor comes up and goes, ma'am, we're going to discharge you. I'm like, what? I waited 11 hours to hear you're going to discharge me and not do anything? I said, get me someone who's in charge, the main doctor. So the main artery in your leg go up and through your head into your nose and clamp this off your artery. But that's very risky. I said, it's not happening today. (laughs) So he goes, I want you to follow up with your cardiologist. I want you to follow up with your ENT. I'm like, oh, God, I've been here. How many times have I been here? So I just, I already anointed myself and prayed that day. And I thought to myself, Jesus, this is you. It's your turn. So I looked at this doctor and I said, doctor, do you know God? He goes, oh. <laughs> I said, do you, do you believe in God? And he goes, yeah. I said, well, I love this hospital and I love my doctors here. I said, but I'm going to have to go to the great physician. Do you know the great physician? He looked at me. I'm like, I'm going to have to go to the great physician because I feel like, and he looked at me. He goes, you're between a rock and a hard place. And I said, no, I'm past the rock and the hard place. I feel like the boulder has landed on me and I can't get out from under it. And uh, I said, so... I'm just, it remind me, and I told him this, I said, it remind me of the woman who had the issue of blood, and she could not, it wouldn't stop, and she saw Jesus in the crowd, and she had to press through the crowd to get to him, just to touch the hem of his garment, and he made her whole, and I told that doctor that story, I asked him if he heard it, and he didn't hear it, and I said, and so I told it to him, and he looked at me, I said, so, I've got to put it in Jesus' hands, and uh he didn't get Terry died, but I could tell it, it, it meant something. So he gave me the biggest hug. I went my way and I'm walking out that door. And I'm going, and I never thought about that. But as I was walking out the door, I thought, okay, this is up to you, Lord. But in a way, almost, almost in my spirit, I almost felt like I got excited because now I knew if they can't help me, it's up to him and I'm going to get a miracle one way or another and this is going to stop. But I felt great because sometimes I felt like, I'm not going to get lengthy, but I felt like sometimes we go through these trials and we don't know, we think it's all about me, but we don't know how God's using that for somebody else that you might be talking to that day. And that's what I felt like. When I was in the ER, I got to talk to nurses and doctors and everything. And so I went out of there feeling miserable with my nose, but I felt happy. Long story short, 
I, w- I got a call from, they told me to talk to my doctors. I'm like, I'm done. So I went home, disgusted about the doctors, said, I'm not calling nobody. I've been through this. I clamped my nose, dealt with it. I got a call from them. My ENT called me in. And he went in my nose, and after all these times, he goes, I see. you got three arteries in there that's bleeding. So he clamped them off. My nose is very sore, but I haven't bled since Thursday. So let's all pray that it doesn't happen again. But long story short, um, God's good, and just, you know, don't get down when you're going through a trial because God's going to use it for his glory. Thanks, Chandra. Did you catch the dynamic between the two? One's in a garden working with flowers and one comes by on their bike and engaging about Jesus. The other tells a story of blood and emergency rooms and hours and hours of time. And yet in the midst of that, Jesus is present to Different ways and means, but just right for who God has created each one of them. In the same way, for each of us, that God is at work in us. You and me. We're following Jesus. There's good news. That's a team game that we're focusing on Jesus so that we can in our everyday lives simply point him out to others. Share with them how Jesus is good news to me and to you. The the last thing in the the passage is that being part of a Jesus team is our highest commitment. Um, that's uh, and we'll talk more about this next Sunday. But you see it in this passage. You notice in the beginning, it just sort of almost matter of fact. But Jesus invites them and they leave it all. They what was their livelihood? Fishing boats, fishing nets, even dad. They, they leave it all to follow him. And, and so our, our journey, our journey is uh, being on this team um, as our highest commitment. Again, this is the title of this sermon. This isn't a suggestion, but this is a commitment. So challenges for you during this Lenten season. You know, read through Matthew. If it's not through Matthew, then in your group, you got a group that you're reading through something else, then read through it that helps you really focus and follow after Jesus. Be a part of a growth group. And be a part of a growth group that is inviting others to participate. If you have questions about growth groups, come talk to me or to, to Samuel or to Janet Dumford, Catherine Sanders or Mark Evans. We're sort of the ones that are overseeing um, growth groups, but just ways for you to be in groups where you're engaging with Jesus together and as a team, helping to invite others to participate with. And finally, um, who, who is someone that you've been praying for? Someone in your life that you opportunity arises for you simply to share how Jesus impacts your life and how it might be good news for them as well. And uh, don't forget, one o'clock, fire sale down the street. Let's pray. Almighty God, we do thank you for Jesus and the good news that he is for each of us and for all of us. We thank you for the ways that we have experienced love and peace and truth, ways we've experienced forgiveness, ways we have experienced confrontation, conviction, And found love and peace in him.
Uh, we, we ask, Lord, that you would continue um, with us individually and with us as a team, as a church, to continue to, to be a place that is, as we were singing at the beginning, you know, we were basking in your shining light. And being a shining light to the world because we're following after you. May that be real and true for us. Continue to help us lead us in this journey. And uh, Father, we pray as well for those in need of your healing hand, those in our midst here who are facing illness uh, like Chandra shared. For We pray for Cheryl Merrihue. She's now in, at home but in hospice. And we pray your peace and comfort for her and for Chuck and Lynn and the rest of the family. And for Joe Robinson and the death of his sister, pray your peace upon them. And, and then, Almighty God, we, we lift up our brothers and, and sisters in uh, up in East Palestine, Ohio, and just the struggles and challenges and concerns that they're facing with the, the issues of the derailment there that continue on. We pray for those who are responsible, those that are given authority over it, that you would fill them as you call us to pray for those in authority. They would be leading and, and making decisions that are just and right and lead to the flourishing of life for all. And Lord, we pray during this season of Lent that you would so empower us to truly follow after Jesus and that we would submit to you, that you would be our livelihood and that we would be renewed and changed by you. We would, we, we want to let you change us, to fix us according to your good and perfect will, however you want. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.